Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. ...want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Emerson! Hello and welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast. The transfer news special with Johnny, Dana and Tom. We are the Borough Podcast that gives you the ins, the outs, the ups and downs of Middlesbrough Football Club. And well, four transfers in, George Savalow, Neil Warnock is shaking his squad about. And well, a few more names set to sign in the coming weeks. Um, but Dana, it's, it's been a hot minute since we last on the podcast. Um, how's it going, firstly? Um, but then we'll chat about Neil Warnock in a second. But how are you doing? Is everything okay? Yeah, everything's fine. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Tom. All good? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, feels weird being back here after all this time. I know, yeah. It's, it's, it's oh, been a... Especially being back on Zoom as well. It's probably I mean, I was gonna, I was, to be honest, Tom, I was going to say, well, if you haven't been there before, is it where, you, where you're right now, to be honest, because isn't that your house? <laughs> no, it's just me back bedroom. doesn't get used other than for this. <laughs> Fair, fair enough, but let's let's chat about uh, the transfers then, because that's what all we're here for. Um, but then Neil Warnock said he wants to bring in uh, a few players in the transfer window. Um, there's four in already. Uh, Neil said he wants another five, uh, which would be incredible numbers for Middlesbrough, given our track record with signings. Um, <clears throat> but how would you assess Middlesbrough's transfer window so far? It's been okay. Nothing to particularly shout about yet. I mean, I know there's a particular... Argentina that might fly through the doors at Rockcliffe that might raise expectation levels but so far we've signed players that I suppose in hindsight we could have expected I mean Lee Peltier I was expecting Neil Warnock to bring somebody in that he's managed before to be fair I expected that to be Junior Hoyler I mean that could still happen but Lee Peltier someone that Neil Warnock has managed before um and then Amiobi free signing um sort of felt when we signed him that we've gone back in time and that I was sort of thinking in my head, oh, he's a young player, Alan Pardew rates him highly. I'm looking forward to seeing him play against Cardiff. And then I realised that we're actually in 2021. But yeah, I think 
all in all, pretty good so far. Well, I was going to say, like, I felt, yeah, I felt like it was a, I was in a time machine a little bit because uh, I was thinking, bloody hell, Tori Mowbray is our manager again. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, Josh McCracken at midfield. Josh McCracken. Well, Alton Gear at a sign. After 12, 12 long seasons, Middlesbrough finally get the man in Zoltan Gera, 42. Um, but yeah, when you were saying that, Dana, though, I thought you were going to say Sol Bamba for some strange, bizarre reason. But like, even well, on, the, on the Neil Warnock. On the Neil Warnock, yes. On the Neil Bingo card list of well, players yeah. he's managed. Well, he's heard of him, so um, I feel like you brought him in. Um, but Tom, I'll, I'm going to throw a couple of questions at you. Um, to, uh, Danny Bainmore and uh, CJWID17 uh, on Instagram said, four in uh, goalkeeper, defender, winger, and a striker. And they're, they were very similar questions, so I'll just combine them both. Um, but what positions do you think we need uh, with these next five signings, which Neil Warnock said he wants? I think that's, uh, that summed it up quite quite well. Just kind of like the same again. Um, I think if Stojanovic isn't staying, which I, I don't know if he's he's going to stay just uh, to be, you know, back up to, to Lumley, especially, you know, how we went out with St. Pauli to try and get in the, um, the it's not North Macedonia squads in Austria. But um, yeah, I, I could see another... Uh, goalkeeper coming in um, just to provide some backup or some competition for the shirt to, to Lumley. Um, I don't know about centre back now. See, be, before before we signed Peltier, I really wouldn't have been surprised to see Sol Bamba rock up at Rockcliffe. Um, but rock. when <laughs> when rock uh, Rockcliffe, it's becoming a thing. When uh, when when Peltier turned up, Warnock did say he can play anywhere across the back line. And it, the whole signing seems very, very Martin Craney, doesn't it? So I think now now that Savile's left, we do need two centre midfielders, I'd say. If uh, if Pajero ends up signing, that, that's only replaced Savile. We all already needed uh, more reinforcements in midfield and, and definitely another winger. Because the way I can see uh, wingers line up next season, we've got Watmore and Brown Newton both play there, Tav if needed, but I, I think... I think Tav will be playing through the middle a bit more next season. Uh, we've got Ami Orby, so I can see a winger coming in from the other side and then probably two strikers as well. Yeah, well, quite well, a few signs, isn't it? Ak- <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is with Chuba Akpom, um, it seemed, and I think with Sammy Ami Orby as well, <clears> now, <throat> a bit hormy to this, but obviously he didn't, he, we didn't pay any fee for Ami Orby, but it, it felt like... Uh, Chuburakpom 2.0 a little bit where he was saying he's his man. I've always wanted him for ages. Um, obviously he didn't he didn't watch him on YouTube, but he might have. You never know. He might have been watching Sammy Amiobi like a highlight reel on YouTube. But uh, <laughs> it, it kind of felt like that. I was like every time Warnock says, "Oh, I wanted him for ages," I always feel a little bit nervous now because of the, the Chuba situation. But it, he could potentially even we'll go on to outgoings um, in a bit. But then a question from Jack Gunn. He, he says. Even though we've 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 reeled off a few positions there, and we, Neil Warnock wants five. Realistically, how many incomings and outgoings do you think we're expected to see in the coming weeks? I would probably say maybe four. I mean, a lot of it depends on outgoings, of course. I think I can probably see three going in Stianovic wing, 
and him causing potentially Jed Spence as well. Um, but the, I mean, we've still got a lot of gaps that we need to fill in the squad. So I can definitely see four, maybe five at a push. There's always some random loan player that we bring in on deadline day um, and some random mine crazy signing. Though I think Lee Peltier might have filled that position there, but probably about four or five, I think. I think I still think there's a lot of business that we need to do in the window. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think we're, we're still going to be in a place where we probably will need to sell maybe one or two uh, to try and fund the business that we want to do. Um, I think that when you look at the likes of, of Jed, he could potentially go, you know, you've got Tuba Rackpom there as well. I think the Savile deal made sense for me. Um, I think it's a good fee as well. I think it was 1.8 rising to 2.3 given, but there's like so many factors in contracts and who knows, we might never see that 2.3 million ever unless unless Millwall go up ahead of us. I read as well that apparently we've had some some money written off when we signed him, so it ends up being a good deal for us in, in that respect as well. Uh, well, at least it, so. George Savile, five million. It could be that then. It could be. It could be that instead. But in in terms of the positions that you've mentioned, said four or five. Is there any names that that spring into mind at all in terms of who you'd want to to want to bring in? I know there's a a certain Argentinian who Middlesbrough after, and he's currently following the Instagram page, which is obviously breaking news. But he's going to sign for us. So, um, <laughs> is uh, any any players that you that you fancy bringing in? Well, I'm, I marked um, Pelly Ruddock and Panzu of Luton and uh, a player that I'd like to see Borough sign. And I would probably still like us to sign him. And uh, free transfer, he's been there for, I think he's their longest serving player, been there since 2014. So I can see him moving on to a, a new challenge. But uh, I asked uh, Luke, who goes by Lou Parolo on Twitter, who does a lot of data infographics, a lot of Borough fans follow him. Uh, he kindly sent me over a, a spreadsheet which compared um, Panzu to Borough midfielders. And I must admit, I was quite disappointed at his stats output from last season because I went into it thinking that he was going to be a, a significant upgrade in terms of numbers on Borough's midfield. But the feature that stood out the most uh, was offensive duels, Um in which he ranks second to Tav on, on 9.82. And uh, offensive duels for people that don't know are when a player retains possession with their body or, or with skill. Um, but other than that, it was, it was fairly average. I mean, not bad, uh, mm. but fairly average. And then I tried to find some Luton fan reaction. And very similarly to Tom, when Tom was trying to do the preview of the Luton game at the back end of last season, it was like going into a time machine, trying to find fan opinion on their forums. They were bad, bad forums. And then I looked on Twitter as well. And there was virtually no fan presence. So I don't know where Luton fans are. They must be in the upside down or something because they're certainly not on Twitter. 2003. <laughs> 2003, yeah. Um but actually, sort of sticking with that data sheet that Luke sent me over, a player that did stand out to me is was Wingy, Lewis Wing. Um, I'm just going to throw some stats at you here that I'm sure both of you will love. Uh, but second most successful defensive actions, second most defensive duels, second most interceptions, uh, 2.64 attacking actions, more shots, more shots on target, uh, second most accurate crosses, the second most smart passes, the most passes to penalty area and the most progressive passes. These are all per 90, by the way. Um, Where he's lacking is progressive runs and accelerations, which isn't a surprise because on the ball, he Mm. does look a little bit like he could probably improve um, in terms of moving the ball forward. But why not not 
sort of give Lewis Wing a, a chance next season and see where we can play him in that team. How many um, casual bangers was in there as well? <laughs> well, there was that one at the end of the season, which, I mean, it was mightly it was. unlucky that that counted for nothing. Yeah, true. It was a casual wingy banger. But it, it's interesting that you, you mentioned that, Dana, about Lewis Wing. I think he's a player that couldn't be out the door, really. I think there's when he got sent out on loan and was looking for games, it's kind of a, a place of where can we, where, where would he fit this year? Um, obviously, we, we've still got a little bit of, we need we need some more depth in there. On top of my head, I'm thinking how soon we've got Sam Morsey, which are probably your two defensive midfielders. Pajero, if he comes in, you've got Tav. Is is the I'm, I'm feel like I'm missing someone. You got you got Mali and you got Mali and um, Hackney Hackney. coming through the ranks. So McNair got, maybe moves um, into midfield. McNair coming into midfield. Um, there's there's a lot of competition for him, but hey, like competition brings up the best in people, doesn't it? So it, it could be a, a good, it, it could be good for him to come back and maybe have that spell away and, and hopefully progress once again and become the player that was was tipped for a, a, a much brighter future, especially under Tony Pulis. But I mean, under Tony Pulis, I think I was just happy with one shot a game, to be honest. So, um, <laughs> True. It, it, but the, it, the very, very good stats, Dana, the very, very good stats. But does Neil Warnock believe in stats? That's the, that's the, he, he that's doesn't true. believe it. He, he's not a numbers guy. He's not a numbers guy. No, he's just, he, if, if you, <clears> if you can play, you can play. Underneath. He's just a I... let Ronnie Jackson see if he's good enough sort of guy. <laughs> Ronnie, what do you think? Uh, he's av- <laughs> average, do a job. <laughs> Five years. Can't defend. <laughs> but hey, like it's it's a great shout though, Dana. And um, we could definitely put it out uh, in the polls as well to see what people think about it. I think it could be a it could be it could be like a new sign having him back. Um, but if if Tom, if 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 there's any players that do, you, is there any players that you think that Millsworth should look to to bring in or? Or would you echo Dana's point there around Lewis Swing coming in? There's Ikpiazu as well. There's maybe a couple more as well. Well, I'm going to carry on the uh, the South American links at the moment. Uh, obviously, Pajero has been heavily linked in, in the last week or so. Just followed us on Instagram today. And, you know, I keep, keep checking my phone in case he signs. I have another Sky Sports moment. But there was a link a couple of weeks ago. Um, I can't remember what website it was on, but it was essentially saying us, Huddersfield, and, and another team. I can't remember. We're looking at a lad from Brazil called Lazaro, uh, striker. Um, so I'd actually love him in the team because he was absolutely quality for me on footy manager. That's going to be my first footy manager reference of the season. But, you know, when, when we're looking at building the team now, Stats-wise, I don't think we've got the money to to be um, going for the, the higher players in, in the league for, for stats-wise. Um, just just going off what Dana was saying about, about Lewis Wing there, I was thinking, where does he rank kind of in the league? But we probably, the people higher up are probably out of reach, so we've kind of got to go all money ball on us. I've got to be looking in places like South America and trying to make these signings for, for quite cheap or get people who are kind of fairly consistent in the stats and, and help pad the team out of this. Uh, and Panzo, I wouldn't be against signing. Um, I think he's a good player. He'd probably fit in well in the midfield. Um, and then, yeah, it's just kind of making the most of what, what budget we have and trying to recruit in, in the right positions. Um, I feel like Hoyler is probably going to turn up after international duty with Canada. You can just see it happening. Um 
so yeah, there, there, there's three names, but yeah, just want uh, the South Americans to turn up and, and be our, our Mascarano and Tevez for the season. Mascarano <laughs> and Tevez, five million gets promoted. Uh, I imagine that as well, Neil Warnock connection, seeing as how they actually sent Sheffield United down for West Ham. Hey, well, there you go. <laughs> Reverse that, it this time round. That, that'll, that'll be full. That'll be full closure for Warnie. That one. I feel like he still doesn't sleep. about those moments. He probably wakes. He wakes up a couple of nights every other week and goes, "Fucking Tevez." Wakes up in a cold sweat. Tevez. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Tevez. Um, but we'll. There's only. There's only a couple of players. I think you've mentioned the ones I want um, as well. To be honest, but. There is players out there in these divisions, as you'll know, Dan, in the Bundesliga too. Um, also for me in, in the J-Pro as well. Like There is players out there, like my beloved Anderlecht. I would love us to look at Marco Kana, uh, who was the centre defensive mid, but I mean, whatever. We're not going to probably sign him. He's only 18. He's only breaking through. So, um, But yeah, I would love to bring him in. I think he's a fantastic footballer. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be a name to watch in, in the few years as well. Um, but if, if if we don't bring in players, um, which could be likely given our track record uh, with with signings, um, would you like to see us utilize the youth a little bit more, Dana? Like you know the likes of Mali, who look very very good. Hackney looked very comfortable when he played against Brentford. Um, there there is talent there in the, in this group um, and in this young in these young players coming through. So would you like to see him a little bit more this year? Or do you think loan deals are probably going to be where the, where they end up? I think it depends on which youngsters we're talking about. I know we spoke about Josh Coburn at the end of last season, and I did say I'd like to see him go out on loan. Probably agree with with um, with that still now. And then Hackney, I think Hackney's pro- is, is he the same age as Coburn or is he nineteen? I think he's under the age of twenty. So I think it's probably best if we send him out on loan. The player that I'd like to see integrated more is probably Nathan Wood. I think there's an opening there for him now if he can um, get a couple of games under his belt. And I was sort of thinking in regards to this question when we spoke to Josh Walker and he said that when he was at Borough, there was a few loan spells that he went on that he probably shouldn't have. He probably should have just stayed in the first team and trained amongst those players. But in fairness, Josh Walker was trained with the likes of Dice Mendier, who was named the best midfielder a year or two years running. So I think where Borough are at now, it, I suppose it depends on as well the um, transfers and, and whether we bring in a decent amount of players or not. Because I don't think it'll be the worst decision in the world to play Hayden Hackney in a couple of games. I mean, like you said, he did look good against Brentford, albeit that was one game. But for me, I think sending them out on loan is probably the best thing for us to do. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Um, there's only one or two players I think you can keep around to really learn and develop from the squad that you've got. I think when you look at Corburn, I think he, he did look bright. Do we have the options right now? We've just brought a new chair and obviously that's that's one in. We've got Tuba. That's it. That's how we're only oh, oh yeah, Tuba as well, yeah. We 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 need probably two more. Um re- I don't realistically think Corburn's ready just yet. I think he showed glimpses, but there are also nothing games really. I think yes, they are big development games. I feel like he would have probably learned so much from that experience, but like not just about him, but like around how the game and the tempo against other teams. Uh, but maybe that just that one year away might really, really help him progress. I think there's only one one or two I think we should keep around. I think that's Mally and uh, Nathan Wood. Then. I think absolutely spot on. I said on the, on the podcast last year um, that Nathan Wood should break through um, and he'll be a very, very good player for us. 
Um, you know, it wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against uh, maybe Dyke Steele, um, Nathan Wood, and, and Dale Fry at the back as a, as a three. Do you know what I mean? It, it wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past us. I feel like that could be a, a solid three for the maybe not this season, but for the future. I feel sorry for Grant Hall a little bit there, but I mean, there's some solid players if we do revert to the three. Um, but let's chat about the players that have already signed, and we'll break them down individually. So Joel Lumley. Compared Bettinelli stats, and obviously he's a lot better than Bettinelli. So, I mean, it's positives all around. Um, but, Tom, you mentioned earlier there, new keeper. Would you like to see Joel Lumley be number one and then have someone with him to really compete for the number one spot? Or is it just a case of Lumley's going to be number one and then we'll probably bring in like a, a veteran to probably push him? Um, I think that would be the better idea if, if we could get a veteran to, to sign as number two and, and, and really push him. Um, I can't really say too much because I haven't seen him play a lot in the last year or so. Um, obviously, the, the other guy at KBR has been ahead of them in the pecking order. And then he came on at the Riverside and had an absolutely uh, worldly performance. And it's the type of performance where um, I think it was Simon Eastwood when he was playing for Blackburn. Every time yeah. he played against us, like, we need to sign him. But he had never played like that against anyone else other than us. So... Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a bit of a difficult one to judge that. I feel like he probably is coming in to be number one. I'd love it if we can get a veteran in as number two, but if, if we have to get someone younger in as, as number two, um, then yeah, we'll go, have to go for that as well. I wonder what Tony Mahers is doing at the minute. See if he can come back. <laughs> one more um, time. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, get him in Penner. Bands back Michael Legazzi, Michael Legazzi, <laughs> absolute Borough legend. Um, he didn't even play Gatti, did he? he? Didn't even play one game. No, no he got uh, a medal. He got uh, well, at least, at least, he, at least he got a medal. Um, I remember. Oh yeah, I remember actually when uh, we got the promotion. Everyone was like, Michael Legazzi. I was like, Ooh. no, he came out, didn't he? Like Matt Page said his name. He came out like proper buzzing, and and uh, there was a video that came out about it, uh, and you can just hear someone in the crowd go, "He didn't even play." <laughs> buzzing he is and just remember yeah. that uh, that Redden game where Forshaw scored I'm pretty sure Regatti was like one of the first people to jump on him <laughs> then Julian Desart with that iconic knee slide well Mike, Mike Regatti's claim of fame there celebrating with Forshaw um, <laughs> but Dana Sammy Amiobi we've already touched him already I'll break down his, his stats for you um, 265 appearances uh, professionally 22 goals 24 assists um, and an interesting one, which I think will probably lead to the question, is average crosses per game is 1.3. Um, so it's his second spell, of course. Warney's bringing him back. Um, but his low average of crossing, can you see this maybe play a part in Borough's play this year? And because last year we, we had the most crosses in the league, we had the lowest conversion rate, of course, from, from crosses uh, off the back of that. So can you maybe see one tweaking it a little bit to... Maybe play. I mean, will be in the hall, or is it, are we going to try and change our change our style of play this year? I think we might move towards two inverted wingers because I, I do think Tav is better out wide. Um, he's the type of player that will cut inside, and he's. I think he got the most shots on target for us, and the most more shots at goal last season from those positions. And yeah, you, like you said, uh, with Amiobi, not a 
frequent uh, crosser, 60 crosses in total last season. Uh, the amount of shots actually exceeds his amount of crosses with 63 shots on goal. And, and he takes on average 2.9, uh, sorry, 2.59 shots per game. So I can kind of see Borum maybe setting up with inverted wingers where they'll just sort of cut inside and try to get shots off. <clears throat> Having said that, though, I mean, we're probably still going to just boot the ball into the channels. So I wouldn't really be surprised to see that um, style of play stick. But yeah, I, I, I do think we might slightly uh, tweak the way that we play in terms of getting the ball into the final third, getting shots off, especially if Tav does play uh, out wide rather than in the middle. Mm. I can't wait for us for Pajero to pick up the ball from deep and just spray it 30 yards right into the channel and no one chase it. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I sound so negative. I sound so negative there, don't I? But it's got, it will happen. It will happen that season. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you. Didn't I? The, the inverted winger system could probably work. I mean, obviously he's good with both feet. Um, you've got Marcus Brown on, on point who could play on the left-hand side. Tav, probably arguably his best position is probably on that right-hand side cutting in. I, just, mm. I think he sees the game a lot better um, and we're able to create more chances there. But again, like what we've seen last year, Tav was very, very good at bringing the ball from deep, getting into the space, getting us up the pitch. Um, and I feel like maybe if we bring in the Pajero, that could probably work and we could move Tav out wide um, unless we go with Pajero and Tav and that would be very attacking for us. Um, but to feed... To feed uh, that those two players have to feed someone, um, and it's Uche Tom in 750k is the reported fee. Neil Warnock said it was a little bit lower than that. Um, I can never say his last name, so is it Mick Piezu? Is that I got it, nailed it? Oh, I nailed it. So. Perfect, Piezu, yeah. Ah, well, uh, <laughs> I, I will get it. I will get it. I don't think Warnock can say his last name. No, Warnock just, just calls him Big Man, doesn't he? He said. Ah. Well, Tom Bigman um, just signed for 750k. Um, direct and a very Neil Warnock signed in 31 games last year. Six goals. Very, very good in goal contributions for, for, for Wickham last year. A very good target, man. He, he torn us apart at the Riverside. I feel like he pushed Jed... Didn't he push Jed Spence? And Jed Spence just flew away into... Uh, the into Shadow the Realm. Next, <laughs> into the Shadow Realm <laughs> as well. So, um, good signing, Tom. Are you happy with that? Do you think it's a very Neil Warnock signing? I mean, I'm buzzing with that signing because he was on my transfer list towards the end of last season. Now, <laughs> if Warnock wants to follow up with the other 10 on free transfers <laughs> that I've mentioned, then I'd be absolutely buzzing with that as well. But yeah, I think based on the two times I actually saw him last season where he absolutely ripped our defence apart, he'll probably never do that again for us. But um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very happy with the signing. Um, I'm surprised we managed to get him as cheap as we did I thought he would have had a little bit more value uh, to his name after after last year but obviously the goal scoring record might have uh, come into account there but I think it was good good value for money we got him what for a year contract um, it it seems like uh, like a good sign and can't wait to see him play I feel like it could be a good sign as well and you were saying there about uh, ripping our defence I remember him putting it through uh Paddy McNair's legs as well uh, for that one as well. So who, who knows? But yeah, I agree. Uche, good signing for me. Direct, big uh, big centre forward, holds a play up quite, quite well. And also very direct as well, which I was surprised to hear about uh, as well when I was looking at his stats. Is, is when he, he likes to bring the ball forward and run at defenders and 
Hey, when someone was like that size, run that year. <laughs> I mean, sound <laughs> it sounds good to me. Um, but we'll we'll come more in depth in these signings uh, as we get more information on them. Obviously, with our season preview pod in a couple of weeks, we're going to do a really big deep dive into the into these signings. But um, one final one for us: Lee Peltier, five hundred games across the EFL. Um, it's clear why they'll want to brought him in. I appreciate Fisher was injured, so they brought him in his cover. Um, but that leadership trait, 500 games, he ran the show at Cardiff, apparently, um, and seemed to be a very, very good player around. Um, but Dana, with, with Peltier coming in, um, could this spark maybe the end of Jed Spence, maybe in, in the right-back position? You've got Jake Steele there, you've got Fisher to come back, Peltier can play across the back line. Doesn't look good for Jed, does it? No, I think it all but spells the end of, of Jed as a, um, as a right-back anyway in this squad. Um, not quite sure where else he fits. I think I do remember myself saying that he's more suited to uh, right wing, which I can kind of still see. But at the same time, if Borough are bringing in more wings, which they probably will, it'll probably just force him a little bit more down the pecking order. So he's another one that I can see leaving. And um, yeah, the, the, the Lee Peltier deal, like I said, it was probably always going to happen that, that Neil Warnock was going to bring in someone that he's managed before and yeah he's been brought in for the leadership really wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised actually to see him play quite a bit next season because Dyke Steele's injury history isn't exactly great since he's joined Borough and then Darnell Fisher seems to be out for a considerable time so we might well see a, a little bit more of Lee Peltier than what maybe uh, people would assume. Yeah, well, it's what he brings in the changing room as well, which probably matters even more. If he brings that leadership trait, Middlesbrough need more leaders. I think the likes of Marzi is, is probably the, the big leader for me. You've got Johnny House in there too. Pelletier would be a good one. And it'd be interesting to see who really comes to the, the table this year as well in terms of like more leadership and really bringing it out on the pitch. I think Tav could be a, a surprise package for leaders um, as well, just given that his, his tenacity and his drive to try and get the ball to the pitch you know aggression I thought, I thought it was a very very good type of leader for us to look at um but let's chat about outgoings um George Savile Tom highest goal contributions last season um contract up in the summer would you think it was were you surprised to see him go a little bit or do you think it was a good move all around a little bit because it, it kind of came out of the blue um for me anyway um, I, I remember like reading something not too long ago that said apparently he was he was looking at leaving in January and going down south again, but it obviously never happened. So I didn't read too much into that, and then it just kind of seemed to come out of nowhere the other day. Um, I'm, I'm not against it. Like, like I was saying earlier, stats wise, we we need to to look to to rebuild the squad in areas. He might have been the most goal contributions for us last season, but compare that to the rest of the league, it's probably somewhere where a position where we need more goal contributions from. So if we can replace him there and maybe Pajero can come in and, and pick that up and get a few more goal contributions, then it ends up being a good deal. We're putting a lot of hopes on a very young, beautiful Argentinian, aren't we? So uh, we're putting a lot of hopes on out there, aren't we? So, um, but then none of us have heard of him like before last week, I'm sure. But he is, he is just the wonder kid now who's going to come in and save everything. I, I am going up. We're, we're going up. What do you mean? What do you mean? Is his name in La Bamba? <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. I think mean, we'll just just sing his name consecutively for ninety minutes. Doesn't matter. Like just every ball he plays is just spread out wide and just like. 
scores, hits the stand. His Dan is Dan is eating a curry and chips. He just hits her, and it's just the score's terribly wrong. But we still we just still love him. Uh, but It'd be a nightmare uh, for me. That Christ. Oh, oh well, don't you worry, Dan. I'm going to come back for these curry and chips in a second. So, um, <laughs> but Martin McCutcheon sent us a question. He said, "Dana, what's your thoughts on Savile's exit and his Borat legacy?" Or a legacy must be the the Jimmy comment at Spurs um, <laughs> and the goal contributions, of course. I thought he was a good player, but what, what's your thoughts on, on George Savile and his exit? A little bit strange. I think Savile has been peculiar because I feel like I've been left with more questions than answers still. And, I mean, let me put it out there first and foremost that his start to his time at Borough wasn't great. I mean, he was played left wing back by Tony Pulis, which is just football and suicide, really, to put a central midfielder as a left wing back. Um, I remember when we when we um, spoke to Robbie Stockdale about that, about Paddy McNair, and he just sort of scoffed at it. And I, and I do agree with that. But um, last season was his best season. And being played in that number eight role, he really came to the fore. And I think we saw him really flourish there. But even so... I never really understood what he offered us on the ball. And I know in terms of assists, I think he got four last season, but he's not particularly creative. And if anybody's seen the graphic that Luke put up on Twitter about George Savile, um, every sort of, sort of uh, passing metric, he's below the average of, which didn't really surprise me. So he's a bit of a conundrum, George Savile. I don't know whether it's just because I can't read him as a footballer. Maybe I'm just thick. But I never really... I never really was fully convinced by him, but I definitely did warm to him last season. He improved um, and all the best to him because Neil Warnock did say that he's he's moved back down south for personal reasons. So, yeah, all the best to to Savile and his family and, and hopefully he can pick up from where he left off um, at the den. Yeah, I hope so too. For me, I always thought George Savile would be a great either a number 10 or probably, like you were saying there, like a number eight or yeah, a number eight sitting with four. So like, say if Morsey was your was your four, Savile would have been a great pairing next one for me. Um, you know, I feel like one one's a kicker, one's a one's a player. I mean, that's an insult to Morsey, but like, you know what I'm <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. But yeah, I feel like he's I think he's a a very very good talent, jo- uh, George Savile. The, the, the fee on his own killed him before he even oh, began. Exactly. Yeah. began. So yeah, I feel like. But hey, good move for him. I just hope I'm just waiting is for his goal at the Riverside. Uh, in I think it's in November. I think we play Millwall, isn't it, at the Riverside? So yeah, I'm waiting for George Savile one nil. Um, but let's 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 move on and chat about linked away before moving uh, to a linked uh, in at the, at the club. So Hayden Coulson was linked with a move away to Ipswich this week um, on a season-long loan. Uh, Dana, do you think it's a bit of a surprise given that? Hayden Coulson, well, is it a surprise? He didn't really play much last year. Played multiple positions in a number 10, wing back, right wing. Couldn't seem to get in Neil Warnock's plans. Do you think a a long move is probably best for him or would you see something more permanent come to fruition? Yeah, something more permanent. I must admit, I don't really understand why we or why there is a rumour out there that we're going to loan Hayden Coulson out because he'll be 24 next summer. Surely this is the time now for him to go and get some games and to find a new home, essentially. And I know I said last last season on the podcast that he just hasn't kicked on. In fairness, I mean, Warnock playing him right back when he's a left back isn't particularly great. But 
I just don't think he's really kicked on. And I think League One is probably the best level for him. That's not to say I don't think that he can cut it in the Championship, because I do think he can. But I, I do believe that, um, that League One is probably the best place for him. So for me... I would let Hayden Coulson go on a permanent deal. We're only holding him back now, I think. So if we can let him go and, and flourish elsewhere, then that's probably the best option and the best move for all parties, in my opinion. Yeah, Tom, would you, would you echo Dana's thoughts there? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think if we loan him out, it's kind of only delaying the inevitable now, mm. unless he like absolutely tore it up in League One and we recalled him in January. I, th- I think we'd, we'd probably loan him out and then the next season it'd still be like, we've got nothing for you. So you, you're either going out on loan again or you're getting sold. So just let him go now and develop, I think. Probably bring in a fee while he's still, you know, worth something. Um... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying he's not worth anything, but like as his contract runs down, he'll, uh, he'll obviously go down in value as well. No, no, I, I, I agree. I'll just find you off. Um, but, but the other people that are linked away, of course, Jed Spence, Dejan Stojanovic, um, Lewis Wink could appreciate, could go. And obviously, Chubrakpom too, if, 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 if there's a, a bid that comes in from, I think we find it difficult to bring in the, the two million that we paid for him, um, just given his record last year. But I don't think it's his fault. I think that is the way we've been playing him has not suited him to a tee. But I, I would like to see Anuche Akpom partnership this year, maybe go flat four four two, hit the ball long, hit the ball Uche, flick on for a tuba Akpom, and hey, there you go, absolute uh, jobs are good, isn't it? Um, football, really, yeah. The the, the, the was kind of saying like the Allardyce way, really, isn't it? Like absolute hoofball at the channel. Um, but let's let's chat about the people that could potentially be coming in. Um, the first one, and we'll come, we're going to come to Martin in a second because I know people are, are dying to your thoughts on it. Um, but George sent us a question, Dana, um, and he says that what is the percentage chance or uh, of Empazu, Pajero, or Marja actually coming uh, to Bora in this transfer window? What is your percentage? What do you think? What do you think? Well, I think Pajero is a, a dead cert, barring some uh, Salgado on Janino type injury. Uh, with Empazu, I mean, like I said, he's their longest serving player. Uh, believe the last that I heard of that was that there's a contract off on the table from Lou and he's just weighing up his options. Now, I, I will go back to what I said earlier about Mpanzu. I don't think he's a bad player whatsoever. I just think the stats didn't reflect what I was expecting from him. Um, still think, still want him to sign up. Uh, still want us to sign him, mind. But um, I think with him, it's 50-50. And then, uh, who was the other player? My, uh, Josh Marja. Josh Marja, yeah. Yeah, unrealistic for me yeah very I think unrealistic if that one's going to happen it'll probably happen much later on in the window maybe when a couple of options have sort of fallen out of the race but I mean he would be a fantastic signing Josh Marge I just I can't really see that happening he might yeah, be the lone player that signs that you mentioned on, on deadline day yeah he could be yeah he could well be I think obviously that is going to be a deal that Borough would do if they are going to go in for him he's not we're not going to sign him on a permanent deal so yeah it could well be so percentage of all three signing, where where you're at, you're at a at a twenty percent, forty percent. Yeah, we'll say twenty percent. Say twenty percent for all three. Um, Tom, those where where where's your percentage? Where where do you think? 
Yeah, I think Pajero probably around 99%. That 1% is Alex Ferguson stood in uh, Durham Tees Valley waiting for him. Um, <laughs> I think same as Dana for uh, Pellywood at Gampanzu. I think that'll be about 50-50. Actually, I'd maybe go about 55-45 just because I think if he's taken this long weighing up his options, it's kind of similar to Fletcher with us. Um, like he, he apparently wanted to sign, but Better option, uh, better offer came from from Watford, and he was he was off. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say if he hasn't automatically seen that that contract and thought, yeah, I'm staying, then he, he's obviously got some stuff to think about. Um, Josh Marger, probably about one percent, and that one percent will will be on deadline day in the loan loan deal. Mm. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think the the Josh Marger one very unrealistic, and Panzu, I, I welcome the signing. I think Hoyle it would probably be the the option that we go for probably. Um, and then a young Argentinian fellow, Dana. So let's chat about him. Um, it's all systems go, Dana. Um, Neil Warnock's doing his owl impression of saying who, who, who uh, on, on BBC Radio Tees. Um, but what, what do we know about uh, Martin Pajero, Dana? And, uh, is this a transfer we, we should be excited about? Yeah, 100%. And and just to sort of touch on uh, Neil Warnock not knowing who he is, I think he absolutely knows who Martin Pichero is. I mean, he probably doesn't know that that's how you pronounce his name because he has been calling Anthony Dykesteel, Anthony Dicksteel for the past 12 months. But he absolutely knows who he is. I mean, Borough don't get linked with South American talents for no reason. It's not as if someone in the Argentinian press has just sort of rolled a dice and it's landed on Borough and they've just decided to pair the two names together. There's something in this for sure. And I mean, it, it came out on f- early Friday morning, didn't it? And um, a lot of people were raising their eyebrows about the price and the fee that was mentioned. A lot of people, when I woke up after three hours sleep, were saying that it was in uh, Argentinian pesos, which is absolutely not the case because that would put the fee at 60k. Uh, and for a player that's going to the Olympics and who's highly regarded as one of the best, uh, one of the best midfielders in the uh, Premier Division, you don't go for 60k. So it's it's definitely in um, US dollars, which would put it at six million or just shy of six million pounds. Now, what we do know is that Neil Warnock has said himself on BBC Radio Tees that we are not going to pay that amount of money for a player. That in itself is just as unrealistic uh, unrealistic as a 60k, but um I, to be honest i have two theories on the fee i think it's either a case of the argentinian press have got it wrong which they've got history of doing so if, if anybody read that blog that we put on the website the other day or it's a fee that could potentially get to that mark through add-ons and bonuses say for example if borough were to go up banfield will pocket an extra million or or something like that yeah. um but in terms of um, the player that Bora are, are getting, and I'm, I'm going to say potentially getting because I don't want to jinx anything. I am known to jinx a lot of things, but um, he's got the most dribbles in um, the Argentinian top flight, most progressive runs, most aerial duels, second most smart passes. Uh, he plays in a midfield pivot with um, Giolano Galopo, and Galopo is the one that is the box-to-box midfielder will, will um, arrive in the box Lay. A lot of his touches are in the six-yard um, box in the penalty area, um, and a lot of his shots do come from there. But Pajero tends to hang back, and he's the type of player that will take Lewis uh, shots in Lewis' wing territory. Now, that could either be one of his strengths that um, he's just been unlucky that he's not scoring many goals, or it could be a hindrance to the team. And 
it could be a, a decision error uh, or a de- uh, you know, his decision making is not particularly great. I'm more inclined to believe the latter, but we'll see. Um, but I'm sure a lot of people have read the Y Scout article about him. And, and one quote that really stood out to me was um, his athleticism rather than trickery and skill is what drives Banfield forward. Now, that could really help in the transition and uh, between Argentinian League and the championship because we all know the hustle and bustle of the championship and the physical uh, demand. So I'm, I'm going to get excited about it. We're all going to get excited about it because we don't know him. Uh, we don't usually get linked with South American players. So the lack of knowledge just piques the intrigue and, and the interest and excitement. We want to know more. We want to learn more. But genuinely, I feel like he is the type of midfielder that Borough have been crying out for for years. I mean, he's a player that likes to to carry the ball forward, that wants to progress the play into the final third or into uh, creative situations. He's looking for that defence splitting pass or the pass to break the defensive lines to get in behind, to create opportunities. He's a player that possesses a a great set piece ability and um, fantastic dribbler a creative player but he's also quite multifaceted in that that's not his only strength he's actually quite adept defensively as well which is something that surprised me a little bit but I think it's much to do with his uh, physical presence like I said the the aerial duels one per 90 um, ranks incredibly well in that and to be honest, it seems as though for, for a lot of people that watch South American football, they can't believe that out of all the teams that he could have possibly gone to, it seems as though Borough have picked him up. And, and yeah, I mean, I can't wait for that medical to be completed. We're, we're going to have to wait until after the Olympics. Uh, and then we can see um, Martin Pichero, uh in action. Yeah, well, the last time we, we signed someone from South America was the former Middlesbrough resident photographer, Carlos Tapana. Um, <laughs> and he had one eye for a pass and one eye for the lens, uh, Carlos Tapana. So it was a <laughs> it was a good sign all around, wasn't it? But yeah, my pleasure. Develop. Like, <laughs> you are. I said he didn't develop as we thought he was going <laughs> to. <laughs> Neither did the photos. Um, <laughs> sorry, Jockey. Um, but yeah, having. Pajero, yeah, like everyone's going to get excited about it, of course. When you when you throw things like that <laughs> around as well, um, of course, everyone's going to get excited from him. Uh, the highlight reels are everywhere, um, but we've all been stung by them before. So I'm going to try. I'm not going to say any more about it until I see him with a Borough shirt and and hands. He, he can he can wear anything else, apart from he can wear leather pants. He can do whatever he wants. And as long as I see him with a Borough shirt, I'll be happy and I'll I'll confirm it then. But it's all Chinese whispers at the minute, isn't it? So, um, but Dana, last question of the day. Um, and it's from Charlie, and I was buckled at this, to be honest. And he said, what is the higher probability? Uh, he said, Dana feeling ill after demolishing a Korean chips first day back at the Riverside, or Pajero signing and scoring a screamer on his debut. So where, where are you at with that one? <laughs> Well, it's definitely Pajero scoring a screamer on his debut because you'll never see me feeling ill after chips and curry. I mean, I know I get them off a of Mackham, but he's not that bad. <laughs> hey, it's it's a fantastic place to get your chips. Fantastic Mackham. But oh, yeah, yes, no, that, that. what news that is, by the way, that, that we're back um, or will be back. Um, I know we were sort of joking on the group chat about 
jackpot, jackpot tickets, and it's just those sorts of things that you that you miss. What's the what's the next line, Johnny? Go ticket away. Jackpot tickets only a pound, um, and then you've got uh, you've got fly me to the moon, fly me to the moon. That is, and then there's Tom waving at me there because he's a, a seller. <laughs> only one pound fifteen. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what, Tom? I feel like you've been the type of person as well to like have a little card with your autograph in it now, because we've got you know since we get like two, <laughs> you know, two and a half thousand listeners a week, and you're, you're like, saying, yeah, I'm a big deal now, you know. I've got uh, so just stand um, there with me sunglasses on and don't talk. I'm just... <laughs> it's the like agent you. does that. Yeah, you, you're oh yeah, your agent decides to hand out the uh, out the magazines now. Um, but yeah, guys, that's that's it. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. And if you've watched it all the way through, thank you very much uh, for joining us too. We're going to be back in a couple of weeks' time with our season review show. Uh, we'll be giving our bold predictions, more insight analysis of the season, and who will be our surprise pick, uh, not just about Borough, but the opposition as well. Um, but for now, this has been the Borough Breakdown podcast, and that was all your match to chatter in a pod. Up the Borough Breakdown. <laughs>